this is KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. And we now present to you On the Arts, an hour of discussion and discovery about the arts in St. George in Southern Utah. And now your hosts for On the Arts, Michael and Christina Harding. Good afternoon, St. George. Hello, hello. This is Michael Harding. And this is Christina Harding. And we're here with On the Arts, that show that is dedicated to blowing the lid off of all of these wonderful little artistic secrets Mm -hmm. that we have here in St. George. Here you go. And uh, (laughs) I want to welcome back my co-host here and also the creator of the show, Christina Harding. I'm back. Hello. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Uh, And we actually, we've got a little bit of a treat for you today. We've had a tremendous number of guests who have come through this show over three seasons. I keep mm-hmm. mentioning that over and over and over again. We're about to close up season three, yes. actually, on and one Thursday. more show. This Thursday is our last show for this season. Mm-hmm. And we, we've had a great time getting to know people here in southern Utah, uh, all the way up from Cedar City, down here mm-hmm. to St. George, in all different areas of the arts. We've had not only theater people, which is mainly our realm yeah. here, but we've, we've <laughs> All also, those weird theater people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we've also had musicians, we've had artists, sculptors, painters, curators, administrators. Have we had a sculptor on? Oh, yes. Still, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we actually talked about pigeons for about 20 yes, minutes. Yes, we did. Yes. But uh, we've had a wide variety of people, and it's been an absolute pleasure for Christina and I to get to know these folks. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to us, we haven't really introduced ourselves to Southern Utah at all. So we're actually going to be trying something today. We're going to interview each other. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) Hopefully. I don't know if this is a good idea because I don't think we're that entertaining. I think, uh, yeah, we've pretty much finished all the stuff. Yeah, we we pretty much share a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But we do want to make sure that people know about some opportunities coming up. Well, yes, we've got some wonderful events tonight. Tonight at the, uh, I believe it's at the Eccles, there is going to be the Percussion Ensemble at 7.30 tonight from the Music Department at Dixie State University. And that's being uh, hosted by Mm -hmm. Dr. Glenn Webb, the coolest cat we know. Yes, our cool cat, Glenn Webb, and that should be a wonderful night. And that's tonight at 7.30, the Percussion Ensemble. And then uh, also we have the St. George Chamber Singers. They have been on our show before, and they're doing a uh, concert on April 27th at the Tabernacle. That will be free. Anything at the Tabernacle is free. And that starts at 7 o'clock. And the same concert will be performed if you miss it and we aren't able to come. Then you can come again on May 3rd at the Good Shepherd uh, Church. <laughs> so I was trying to read my writing and it was kind of, not. Didn't, I don't write very well anymore. But yes, yes so they'll have two concerts coming up. And, that, and, and those will both be free. Got it. And there are all sorts of events going out. Mm-hmm. There's there's also going to be a Polynesian dance event. Yes, and uh, we hope to have a guest on today for that, hopefully. <laughs> we're, we're not quite sure if she's going to be able yes, to make it or not. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, that should be fun. I don't know anything about Polynesian dance. I believe that might be out at Tuacon. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So uh, all sorts of opportunities to do a variety mm-hmm. of things and to experience a variety yes. of things. Mm-hmm. And that's probably been my biggest surprise here in mm-hmm. southern Utah. And, and, of course, for St. George... I don't know of many people who come to St. George for the thriving art scene. That's just not... <laughs> they come for Zions. <laughs> exactly. And go hiking and, yeah. For hiking. And then mm-hmm. they get home and they're a little too tired to go to the theater mm-hmm. or, or, or such. But there is actually quite a bit going on down here. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much the events necessarily. It's this incredible wide array of interesting people. Mm-hmm. And holy cow, we've talked to so many artists that have come from so many different backgrounds, from opera singers to mm-hmm. actors to playwrights to, uh, again, ceramicists and such. 
And you would think everybody was homegrown here in southern Utah, but that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. Not the case at all. Yep. They've, they've moved here and brought their talents with them, and then they share it with our community. And we're so enriched in this area, in St. George and Ivan's and Hurricane, of all the wonderful things that are happening around. Everyone's just donating their time to share their talents with us. So. Well, and, that's, and there are people who care very deeply. Mm-hmm. about the arts here. In fact, uh, we've mentioned Dr. Glenn Webb many times on this show, yeah. in fact, just in the last three minutes. Mm-hmm. But he also, he posted something on social media today that I thought was absolutely fantastic. Yes. Uh, something that really sums up why artists do what they do. And what was that? Well, just a minute there, Michael Harding. I didn't wasn't aware you were going to bring that up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let have... me just recall off of my brain what you what, what he said. No, this was posted today, and I believe that this quote is from, uh, let me look this up here, uh, Seth Godin. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Okay. And I will try to read this since I don't have my glasses on, but Nobody can tell that if it's listening on the radio. It, but is art is what we call the thing an artist does. It is not the medium or the oil or the price or whether it hangs on a wall or you eat it. What matters, what makes it art, is that a person who made it, or made it overcame the resistance, ignored the voice of doubt, and made something worth making, something risky, something human. Art is not in the eye of the beholder. It is in the soul of the artist. I thought that was a beautiful way to sum up what we're trying to talk about here mm-hmm. in the creation of art. Now, we've had a lot of conversations regarding what is professional versus mm-hmm. amateur, yeah. uh, what is the business side of show business versus yes. what is the show. And when I read that quote from Dr. Webb or that Dr. Webb posted, it occurred to me how many artists we've have had on the show who talk about how they're not here to preach. They're not here to open up the world to uh, those audience members who come and experience what they do. They do it because they love to do it. Mm -hmm. They do it because they want to continue exploring it, not because they know something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that quite often we've talked about the fact that if you can play a piano, that doesn't make you a pianist. If you can dance, that doesn't make you a dancer. And I would like to actually open up a conversation here about... What makes someone an artist? Is it just mm-hmm. being able to do the art, or is it somebody who thinks a little deeper about it or finds something deeper? What well, do you think? The common thread that we've noticed in all of our guests is the passion that each one of them have for what they want to do or what they want to create. And a lot of the artists that we've interviewed and we've seen as we're, because we have a uh, a close-up front view of their face as we're interviewing them on the radio, uh, is to see, is seeing their eyes, how much desire they have and how much passion they have towards what they want to create or explore. And they never let doubt get in the way. And if it did get in the way, they continued to push forward to overcome that, to create uh, any kind of art that is uh, uh, paintings or dance or theater, writing, uh, what I've noticed the common thing with all of them is the excitement as they talk about what they love doing. And most of them, I've noticed too, that they never, they always say that they had doubted for a moment in a time in their life when they thought they couldn't do this. And then they overcame that obstacle of doubt and were able to pursue their passion, whether it made money or not. And I noticed that was the other thing. This, none of them were about money. This was not about making a career or uh, becoming rich off of what they love to do. It was about doing just what they love to do. And I think that's what's been exciting about all these interviews in this uh, 
in the studio is, is seeing how they've inspired other listeners to get up off the couch and go and create. Well, I've done a lot of thinking about doing something for the love of it versus doing something in order to make a living at it, and mm-hmm. where is that balance? And, of course, going back to the definition of the word professional, and I've actually gone up and down with this. In fact, a few weeks ago, we invited listeners to put comments mm-hmm. on our On the Arts Facebook page, which, by the way, you can check out. We always do post the video archives of these shows after the shows, usually within about two or three hours of finishing up. But if you also want to check out those video archives or the video broadcasts of this radio show, you can check them out live on Radio St. George on Facebook. That's Radio Space ST Space George on Facebook. And it'll also be archived there, so you can check out any one of the shows from the past. Mm -hmm. And also you can go to YouTube, where we are broadcasting live right now. And you can just type in On the Arts with Michael and Christina Harding, and you'll get many of the episodes up. Mm -hmm. But if you were to go back and look at several of our shows before, you would notice we struggle with that. What makes a professional? And quite often we'll land on the definition (laughs) of a professional as someone who does it as their profession. They get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. That is their job. I've actually started to even question that. Mm -hmm. And several of our artists have talked about that. I don't know that being professional has anything to do with money. <laughs> and I, I, keep, yeah. I keep struggling with this. Um, and, of course, amateur, the definition being someone who does something for the love of doing it. I would like to submit and see how you react to this, that a professional artist is someone who puts their heart and soul into their art trying to find something more. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, I... I think that the definition of a professional is someone who puts their heart and soul into what they love and what they want to create, but they also, in doing that, they don't allow others to interfere in that creation. And I don't think that someone goes in mind, we had a painter on the show who said when he paints, he doesn't think about if he's going to sell the painting or not, he just has to paint what's in his head and what he sees in his mind. And and paints all the emotions on the canvas. And I think that's basically what a professional does is basically paints or creates despite what uh, others may think of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've noticed too. We have also had filmmakers on our show who have gone out of, spent their own money, spent their own time and, and basically probably went into debt. (laughs) I'm sure they have to create a piece of film just because they had a desire to do this. And I don't think they went into it thinking, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be Steven Spielberg and I'm going to, you know, sell all these movies. And I don't think, I think, yeah, that's a great ending goal. But if they enter the field doing that, I don't think they can, they can create what they need to. I think, I think really that our left brain and our right brain fight each other quite a bit. And it's finding that common ground where we stop thinking about the price of something and we start thinking about how can we create something and st- and which I'm torn because I know that it takes a lot of money to do a lot of projects because I've been there and you've been there. We both have where we've tried to do shows and, and we have to get sponsors to help us do these things. And, and uh, it's crucial. It is crucial to get the money back up what we do. But how can we enter something and start creating something if we are not willing to take that first step and and that's the scariest part I've noticed. And we've had a lot of uh, people on the show too that have, they stopped doing uh, 
or creating or they've they took a time in their life where they thought they had to take a break from anything in the arts and you know to they as they say a real job <laughs> which we've all had to do right but they as they step back into it that fear the doubt does enter in but they take that first step into creating something and then it starts taking off and then what happens is you start attracting attracting other people into your world and your ideas. And you soon find that there's so many out there like you who want to join on your team and want to contribute to this cause and 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 create something. And isn't it interesting how all of us have that nature? We all want that. We all have a desire to create something. I think yeah. you and I had the pleasure last night of going to a clowning project. Yes. And um, what was so exciting about it is it was real clowning. Yeah. A lot of people, when they found out there was going to be a clowning event, they thought, oh, that'll be funny. You know, everything yeah, will be funny. Yeah, circus clown. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you've watched the incredibly serious show on television, Baskets. Uh, and I don't I, think hardly anyone's seen that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Baskets with Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a character who is obsessed with real clowning. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of clowning is very funny, but also quite a bit of it can be tragic or it can mm-hmm. be very touching. Well, if, if anyone's seen correctly. the Cirque shows in Vegas, yeah, that's clowning, a lot of that. But mm-hmm. what was exciting about last night is it was a professional who has, and I'm going to use that word professional, not totally clear on what it is, but a professional from Russia, Alexei mm-hmm. Sosoyev. Who's who, a teacher here at Dixie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's come in and he has tremendous, tremendous physical skill, a lot of clowning training. Mm-hmm. He was also in the Russian military <laughs> where he learned a lot of combat and such. I want to let you know that I've passed him in the hallway and made a sudden move and immediately wished I had not. Mm, yeah. um, but he, he's very controlled, very nice guy. Mm. But he and a student actually put together an evening yeah. of clowning. They talked about the principles of clowning. They talked about techniques, talked about standard expectations mm-hmm. of clowning and such. Yeah. And... In talking to Alexei and also the student, Josh France, who was a guest on our show, actually, mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, Yeah, with I his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they talked about how they wanted to put together a show, yes, but it wasn't about a finished, fully funded product. Mm-hmm. What it was was a sharing of what they were discovering, a sharing of what they were exploring with an invited audience. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what And he what had a great was. turnout from the students. They all came and supported him last night. It was a, it was a fantastic show. And it was just pieces of they had, what they had been working on. And, and he took, I think I believe it was private uh, clowning with Alexei. <laughs> and, and they just put this little piece together and presented it. And it didn't cost anything to go. He just went in and he, but he advertised for it and he mm-hmm. had quite a good turnout, I thought. And what's building on what you said earlier, what was wonderful is there were a lot of students involved behind the scenes. Yeah. They had students who designed the lights, students who designed the sound, yeah. students who were running backstage. They were doing a lot of the technical mm-hmm. aspects backstage. And it was really fun to hear them say, oh my gosh, can't we do a project like this again? And I actually came from two perspectives on that, (laughs) the the two voices in my head, the teacher and the artist, saying exactly what you just did. Yes, Mm -hmm. of course. Why not? You don't have to have a lot of money. All you have to do is create. Well, I don't think people are aware, too, that the the Shakespeare Company out in Santa Clara, Santa Clara Shakespeare in the Park, they had over a thousand uh, patrons come. This was free, and it was just there in the park, and you could go and watch a beautiful performance at eight, after 8 o'clock at night. And they had over a 1,000 people attend this this free uh, 
play. And they had a lot of sponsors that helped them out in Santa Clara to put this on. They had beautiful costumes. But these were, most of the people were volunteering their time and just came to, wanted to do this performance. These were all community actors. These were not professional actors, as we like to think, you know, the word professional. But they came to explore Shakespeare. And mainly uh, Heidi Lee, who started this, I remember her saying that she just, you know, was told, why not? Why not go and do Shakespeare? And so she did it. And look how successful it was. And I'm sure she's going to be doing it again next year. Hopefully we'll have her back on the show to talk about their next show that they'll be doing. But I thought, you know, how wonderful that a whole city came out just to sit at the park and watch a Shakespeare play in Ivan's or Santa Clara, sorry, sorry, Ivan's, but Santa Clara, Utah. And that, that, and I know that there were friends up at the Utah Shakespeare Festival who came to watch and support uh, her and what her, what she was doing. And I thought that's what it's about is, and she could have been afraid and never tried to step out of her box and put her foot first foot forward, but she did it. And she put together this wonderful event and I, and of course she helped her, but they all volunteered their time to do this. Well, I want to share with our listeners something that I've had the pleasure of doing for 11 years now. And that's been getting to know you ah, as Christina ah, Harding. Yes. And we talk, you and I, on the show about art and what we think about art. And we ask our, <laughs> our, our guests about mm-hmm. art and what they think art is and what they do. And it always comes down to what floats their boat, what, what, yep, what makes yeah. them exciting. Well, you had the idea for this show. Mm-hmm. And I talked before about how I went to Sean and just said, hey, I want a radio show. And Sean was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I had a show, but I didn't know what to do with mm-hmm. it. And you came up with the idea on the arts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was just an administrative idea of, well, that'll sell the radio station or something like that. <laughs> you actually have quite a background and quite a heart for art. Yeah. I didn't mean to rhyme that. But that was beautiful. Did, though. Yes, art. I like your rhyming. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, what does art mean to you and how did you get started in it? Well, I grew up in Brigham City, Utah, and then I moved here my senior year of high school, uh, moved to St. George and was in shock because it was such a small area at the time. That was back in 1991. Were there people? There back were in actually some people here. Uh, oh most word. of my friends from uh, Brigham City area would come here to do spring break and party and then go back <laughs> up north. So that's all I knew uh, Dixie to be at that time. And uh, I did my first play in high school. I was terrible. I was horrible. It was, what o- was it? Oklahoma. I played Laurie, and but it was my first show I'd ever auditioned for. But I was hooked after that, and I, I wanted to learn more about theater. Uh, and then I went to uh, I did attend Dixie College on a music scholarship, and uh, and then you know life happened, and I I stopped and I uh, started raising my family and working, and. Uh, thought I could take a break from theater, but then uh, a community theater started up here in town, and I thought, well, that's a great way to bring my kids and get them involved, and so I started volunteering my time, and to volunteer my time, I I think that's kind of a misconception, because I think I spent more time at that theater, <laughs> and my children did, than I ever spent at home. I was there for hours. Uh, I helped build sets, and I uh, directed children's shows, and I acted in the shows, and I loved bringing my children along with me, but I loved creating, and it was a great outlet for me. And then over the years, as I, you know, uh, my children became older and they got involved in their events in high school, I decided to go back to college and uh, continue my degree. And uh, I wanted to learn the 
I guess you would say the professional side of acting. <laughs> and as over the years, I've been trying to uh, go back to school on and off. It's been hard to do with family and work, but I, but I kept doing it and I didn't stop. And uh, recently I was able to perform at, at just an understudy role, but it was at the Utah Shakespeare Festival, which I was 44 years old, I believe, at the time when I did that. I played a fairy, but that was the biggest step for me. That was the scariest step for me, but I did it. And I proved to myself that I could do what I've been teaching for years. I had teached, helped with playmakers up at USF, and also I taught uh, acting classes for children here in town. And this was all just from experience and what I had learned. I never claimed I was the master teacher. I always just claimed, well, this worked for me. Let's try it for you. And, and I, you know, and I taught about 20 vocal students for quite a long time. I had a beautiful soprano voice. Yeah. We had quite a, quite a few teaching. I don't teach voice anymore, but I, but I, I loved this area and I loved the people. And I, uh, one day I just decided, uh, as I was getting back involved in the community, uh, started realizing how much that I didn't know people when I was in a show with them. I knew your friends at Utah Shakespeare Festival and was fascinated with their backgrounds and such wonderful, nice people. And this, and then you look at their resume and you're like, oh my gosh, this person's been everywhere. But then I would do plays around here and I would think, oh, this guy, you know, he's just, he's just down, lives down the street from me. There's no big deal. We're in a show together. This is kind of fun. And then I would find out that he would work, used to work professionally doing commercials. And we had a lot of uh, community theater people that were professional in what they, they used to do. And they had retired and just decided they wanted to be a part of the community which I thought was kind of shocking in a way. And because uh, I thought, wow, you're, you're, you know, being, in, you know, lowering your standards of being an artist to be with us. And I'm hearing a booming sound. Is that outside? It, I think there's some okay. kind of mu- music event happening. <laughs> Must out be here. a cool event going on. But anyway, I, uh, I, when you were offered a radio spot, I started thinking about all the wonderful things that I had been, I've met with people in town and I knew about their different organizations they were in. And I thought, what a great idea to get to know people in the community uh, because we don't really ask people. We just, you know, we just go to these events and we just assume, you know, we don't, we don't ever know who's behind the scenes and how great to get to know the people that actually put the time in and the effort into these shows or these concerts. And who are these people and who are the people, who are the teachers at Dixie State University that teach all these students all day, which is not easy. Who are the high school teachers in our community that do this also and teach band and jazz and I, and, and choral concerts. And I thought I really wanted our community to have a, a platform so that they could come on a show and talk about themselves and not just about the show they're plugging, but about who they are, because I knew that would inspire more people to want to pursue their dreams also. Because it did for me when I found out a lot of people that I was working side by side had done commercials. I thought, why can't I do this? You know, and this person's just lived their, they, they're just donating their time to the community, but they're, what a background and what a resume and you would have never known it. You know, it's not like they flaunted it or anything. And I just thought this show was so important for our area right now. And I also realized, too, that through the arts, I have seen walls fall down. I have seen communities come together through the arts, and that's why I'm a big advocate of it. I think that this area will, and I love that the mayor is a part of that, keeping the arts alive in our community. 
and in Santa Clara, their mayor, and, and Hurricane, that that's why this area is growing so much and why people are drawn here because art does make the walls go down, angered leaves, and we all can relate to some piece of art or music or theater piece. We all become one as an audience. Well, I do hope that our listeners are discovering what I've discovered over the last 11 mm. years, actually, and what attracted me to you in the first place, <laughs> um, the depth and the passion for yeah. the arts around here. Yeah. And I am here to say we don't do hard-hitting journalism necessarily, but there's a lot about you that I know that I don't think others do regarding things like writing and mm. the elements like that that I would like our listeners to know a little bit more about. Oh, yeah. Wow. So <laughs> we are going to take a break. We're going to go to the news and the weather. We'll be right back with Christina Harding and Michael Harding for On the Arts. <laughs> Next time, in a weekly constitutional, did it ever occur to you that most of the people who lived on American plantations were not white? They were black, and they were enslaved. And at Montpelier, they're telling the story of the enslaved community through the voices of their descendants. We'll speak with Hannah Scruggs, who's in charge of engagement with the descendant community. Join us on your weekly constitutional. Your weekly constitutional, Saturday mornings at 10 on Radio St. George 100.3. Afogato Gourmet Coffee, a fine sponsor of DSU Radio. Afogato Gourmet Coffee offers gourmet coffee, smoothies, pastries, and keto-friendly offerings. Afogato Coffee with live music on Sundays. Coffee, hot chocolate, great company, and a funky environment. Behind Tropical Smoothies on 10th East and Red Hills Parkway. Afogato Gourmet Coffee. Dixie Sun News, your source for all of the latest news, sports, opinion, features, and more on the Dixie State University campus. Grab a paper today or visit DixieSunNews.com. Dixie Sun News, the voice of Dixie. Addiction is an epidemic and the lines of communication need to be opened. I'm Heston Cherry and Mondays at 3, we open up and share our stories from addiction to recovery to hope and resources. There is light at the end of the tunnel of addiction. Mondays at 3 on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. You're listening to Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. Welcome back to Radio St. George 100.3 with On the Arts. And now your hosts, Michael and Christina Hardy. And we're Hello. back. Hello. It's always nice to have that little break yes. uh, as we listen to the news and the weather inside. Yeah, it's such a lovely break. Yeah. And I want to invite everyone personally to check us out on Facebook or YouTube so you get to see the lovely little dance moves that we have yes. for that wonderful intro. I do have a question, though. Do I get a post-it today for being on my own show? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, Yay. you do. And That's I'm, my reward. I'm counting on you enough. to write up that post-it yeah. so that I can give it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's about my payment for today. Yay. <laughs> but we're, uh, you get paid? Wait a oh, second. Oh, well, well, we won't go there. Continue on. <laughs> but anyhow, we, we were talking about who you are yeah. as an artist and what got you into that's it. That's exciting, too. Now, yeah. I happen to know <laughs> that you had a penchant for writing. 
yes. when you were younger as well. Oh yes, I used to write all the time, and I used to I I, I used to I remember it was the I believe it was called the Prism at Dixie High School, and I'm sure you know my friends can remember that. And we would do poetry and short stories, and I was obsessed with writing. I thought that was going to be my career, and I was going to write novels. I haven't yet, but I will one day. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know I I over the years I haven't. I don't write as much, but I think the older I'm getting, the more experiences I'm having. I'm thinking about I need it's time to put the pen to paper or actually the keyboard as we do now, and uh, start writing again. Yeah, That's yeah. A, there are some images that I remember you writing about your childhood. I won't go into them particularly. Well, thank you. But yeah, there, just don't share all that. <laughs> but just some images that that I found yeah. absolutely poetic and wonderful. Even yeah. talking about things like a snack or or things like that, you just have this wonderful way of telling it, of creating images and such. And I think that's quite a gift in and of itself. I think one of the most exciting things with my writing was uh, I wrote a short poem for the Vagina Project, which used to be here at Dixie State University, Mm -hmm. and it was accepted, and I was able to read my poetry to a group of, of women, and it was it was about strength and finding out who you are, and and I'm a big advocate of that, too. You know that. I'm all about uh, empowering women and... Uh, and I've not, not being a, I mean, I come across as a very sweet natured person. I know that because oh, I'm, yes. I'm oh, just yes. so mm-hmm. sweet. Yes. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm all about giving women a voice. And so uh, I was, I was honored. I think it was back in 2016 when I wrote for the Vagina Project. And that was, that was an exciting moment for me. And I, and I, I really, and it, like I have to say, I, it didn't matter about the, there was no money, there was nothing involved. It was just about doing it. And that excitement of, I oh my word, I'm reading my poetry out loud to a group. And I, it was an exciting moment. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And you also mentioned taking your girls to the theater with you. Yes. Now, yes. are they in the arts right now? I know the answer, you, but I'm being the interview know, right yeah, now. Yeah, boy, are you being an interviewer. No, our, uh, my oldest is uh, off. She's doing film. So, yes, mm-hmm. she is in the arts. Uh, and she wants, right now she's currently doing film editing, which is great. And my, my youngest daughter is still finding out what she wants to do, but she's an amazing artist. They both are. They, she can draw. I mean, you know, she can create anything on paper and it's beautiful. And my oldest too can do that. And, and they both sing. Uh, my youngest and was an, an actor and my, and my oldest daughter acted. And my, my oldest daughter actually did a, uh, uh, she's on the, uh, Zion's, Zion Canyon, uh, commercial for, right. uh, I think it's their website or something where she talks about Zion Canyon, but she got to do that a couple of years ago. So, yeah, they both, I think they, it was a wonderful having them watch, you know, their parents perform on stage and doing what they loved. And I used to teach voice in my home, and uh, they would sit in the other room and listen, and they learned a lot listening to all those many lessons. There was about four students a day at, at three o'clock. I remember that every day at three o'clock, <laughs> it was a studio. <laughs> yeah. And so I, and, and basically I just, I've always been involved in the arts somehow in this area, whether I just volunteered or just uh, as a patron, I've just always been, I love the art festival, which we just had last week, which was fantastic again in our St. George area. And I'm so glad they've continued doing that. And I heard, I know we talked about this before, but I'm so excited. The spiders coming back to St. George, that piece of artwork. I loved it so much and I'm <laughs> glad to hear it's coming back. So, And we have the snake yeah. now. And yeah. uh, <laughs> this will be a constant theme on this program. Yes. <laughs> I, I love the spider. Know. Love the spider. Yes. Now you've had most of your life here. Mm-hmm. Here in St. Yes. George, but of course you grew up in Brigham City a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, came down here. Is this 
is this all you want to do? And there's nothing wrong with this place, but no. are there other places you want to go? Other yes. Things? Well, I, I've, you know, it, I'm now middle-aged at 46 and I've decided that, uh, a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to pursue an acting career professionally, which I, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, what, your age, you know, and, but I decided why not? That's something I, I wanted my whole entire life. I really wanted, I love, I do love to perform and I've wa always wanted to master Shakespeare uh, pieces. And I've, uh, I don't know why it's ever been since I was a little girl, I was obsessed with, um, Watch. I never was one just to watch a show and not. Uh, I always observed how, uh, why I was feeling the emotions I was feeling, and I always wanted to be able to do that. And I, it was it, and I always felt that if I could do that, I could touch one person, you know, with with how I'm feeling, uh, what great good I could do in the world, you know. And and I've seen that happen through theater, and it it did for me. Uh, but I've seen that happen and change lives and, uh, and save children. I've seen children actually be saved emotionally and mentally uh, by watching a piece of theater and being moved and deciding for themselves that they needed that in their life and the confidence that I've seen it give children. And then these children grow up to be professional actors, and I've seen that too because I'm that old now. And so I decided that, you know, I still want to pursue this, and I thought, you know, I'm going to, one day I'll be a grandmother and I want my grandchildren to come see grandma, you know, performing Shakespeare. I would, that would be the ultimate for me. And I believe, you know, I, yeah, I live in St. George, Utah, big deal. Uh, I'm, it's small in the Broadway scheme of things and I don't want to go to Broadway, you know, and I always thought that was the other thing. I never was a Broadway person. I was always just, I just want to perform, but I, I wanted to be able to do what I do and do it well. And so, yeah, big dreams. I mean, I, you put out, I don't think people are aware that you do send out auditions by video. You don't have to go to these places to audition. Now you can video online uh, or send your auditions in online. And, you know, you're always hoping for the best and hoping for a good outcome, but you're always waiting to hear, you know, if you've got a contract or not. And, but that's going to be a continuing thing for the rest of my life until, you know, I'm in a nursing home somewhere, and I might even be making videos when I'm in a nursing home. Who knows? <laughs> Can you start a Shakespeare company in I the might, nursing home? I might just actually do that. I think that would be very entertaining in our little wheelchairs, and we'd have a great old time. But, yeah, I... You do arsenic and old lace, yes. and you're already the, the age of the characters. <laughs> yes, why not? Yeah, and I think that's the one thing I enjoy with other artists and, and uh, watching musicians work, and is that connection that you have with them of, you know, this is so much fun to do, and we love why... We love to do it. So go pursue what you love. There's no reason not to. And, you know, recently, uh, because I wasn't on the show, and I'm not sure how many people are really listening today, but... I mean, we're in the double digits. We're in the I'm double positive. digits. Okay. We started giving out post-its <laughs> yeah. and it skyrocketed. But I, I had a recent, you know, awakening in my life that made me realize that I couldn't be afraid anymore to pursue what I needed to pursue. And I... I don't think that this show came by accident. I don't think On the Arts is here by accident. I think it's it needs to be here because people need to express why they're doing what they're doing. And and it gives validation for other people to hear them talk and then they can go, I can do the same thing. If that person can get off the couch and do it, I can do it. And, and being a co-host and a producer, I realized how much it gave me 
strength to listen to people talk about their careers and their life's history and and their journeys. And that inspired me. And I would, after every show, we would talk for a while and just be in awe of some of these people that are in our area that are so inspired and inspiring. And because of recent life events and what I've had to go through, um, I woke up and just said, you know, I, you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid. You have to, self-doubt causes a lot of fear and it, it makes you think that, no, you can't. And I know that's such a general me, you know, it's like, what are those memes on Facebook that we see all the time? You can, but it's, <laughs> but that's really what it is. It's, it's getting rid of that self-doubt and not caring about, I, you know, I'm going to do this for the money. Do it because you love to do it. And, uh, because of the recent things again, as I keep saying what happened and, and, I uh, I just thought, you know, this life, you only have one life you might as well go out there and start sharing that life with others and you better get off your, you know, your couch and let others share in your light. And that's the only way to describe it. I, I joined, uh, we've had Statera on the show before and I just went up and signed up for them and I've been promoting them for a long time and I thought, what do I have to contribute to Statera? And it's, you know, for, for women and, and, uh, and, uh, no gender, you know, based, uh, theater and it in, incorporates everybody includes everyone. And I, I've always been a, I always thought, what a great thing, but I, what do I have to contribute? And I thought, now I'm like, what? I have a lot, you know? And I thought, I, I better start doing what I'm tr- listening to all these people do. This is dumb of me to be a co-host and not be doing what all these uh, people on my show are doing. And I, so I joined Statera and I, you know, decided this is, you know, my turn now, you know, and it's always been my turn. I just didn't realize that. You know, and I, I wish we could get that into people's heads that if you want to do something, you can go out and create it. I think that's great. I love what mm-hmm. you just said about it's always been your turn. Yeah, it's always Who, been your turn. Who's saying it's not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we tell ourselves it's not. We just say, well, now is not the time. And But when will the time be become, you know, real? And I, when you're faced with your own mortality, I think that's when it kind of slaps you in the face of now's the time. Now's the time to get, get living your dreams. I never dreamed we'd be on the radio and uh, that was just an idea last March, and it's been fun. I've really enjoyed this experience, you know, and, and we've had a great time. I think that the circle of people that I know in St. George has yeah. increased probably tenfold. Well, just and, from I, this, and I hope it's grown for our community. I hope that people that tune in while they're eating their sandwiches or, you know, grading papers or whatever they're doing at four o'clock in the afternoon, I hope that they are learning that their friendships are now wider because they're getting to know these people behind the events that are happening. So when they go see a show at the Cox Auditorium, they're going to know Chewy, Chewy's doing the lights or something, right. you know, or, or, uh, um, oh, just went blank. <laughs> the name, I mean, all these names came to my mind at the same time of the people we've interviewed. And just know that when you go see these shows that there's a Deward, Deward is there doing Deward the lighting. Wilson, yeah. He's there doing the lighting. Or when they go to a, a music concert, they know that, you know, uh, Rachel Cox is there you know, the one conducting the little children's choir. We know who she is. And you, these, you'll know these people. When you go out to Kayanta, you'll know these people. And, and you do feel like they become a friend on the radio. You think, I'm, wow, I just learned about that person's life. St. George Dance Company just did a concert last weekend. And uh, we really enjoyed uh, having them on the show, too. And they're just community people getting together also. Isn't that great? And 
and now we've and now we get to see their events and and them do their concerts at the Eccles or no at the Electric Theater, and we know those people. We've heard we've heard their stories, and we hope to have more on that you know can share their stories of inspiration. Well, mm-hmm. you mentioned something earlier about how you really want people to feel, mm-hmm. and, and you want people to feel what you're feeling. And it struck me that a lot of people don't know how to respond to the question, "Hey, what'd you think?" Mm-hmm. Especially because people think that they're not experts. Yeah. on a particular topic or a type of theater or a, a type of music or something. Mm. And I'll tell you, as an artist, I think how wonderful to hear someone say, I was moved. Yeah. Or someone say, even, you know, that one didn't get me. That's mm-hmm. totally yeah. fine. Yeah. As opposed to, it, we, we seem to have this need to come up with a very technical, intelligent thing to mm-hmm. say about what happened. I think you're absolutely right. It really is just about feeling. Mm-hmm. If it made you feel great. Finally. Yeah. yeah. You felt something. Yeah. You felt something, yeah. And that's what I enjoy when we interview people on our show. We always want to find out what made, what moved them. We don't just don't want to hear about the event that's coming up. We want to hear why. Why you? Why and does it matter? Who why cares? does it matter? Yeah, and I think that's what's been exciting about this show is hearing the whys and, and hearing their background story. And, yeah, and it just brings people together, you know. Well, that's, we've had a lot of people here on the show, not only here at DSU, uh, but also from around. We've had high school teachers and we've had mm-hmm. other folks. I'm amazed at the number of people who do actually teach who are artists. Yeah. And I just want to take my hat off and yeah. uh, do a shout out to all of these people who not only are they absorbed in their art and such, but they mm-hmm. do feel a responsibility to pass it on yeah. to younger generations. Yes. Or I can't even say younger generations, but pass it on to other people. Mm-hmm who can then decide, do they yeah. want to do this? Do they want to help people feel? Do they want to find their own path yeah. with it? Well, and I, you know, I remember years ago I heard someone say, and I don't know why it stayed with me, it's like, well, if you can't do the job, then you're going to have to teach teach the job or something. And I, that I disagree with. If you can't do, you teach. Yeah, yeah. which I disagree wholeheartedly. That's, uh-huh. I believe that if you can, you need to teach it. And you need to share this with others because that's your job as a human being is to get teach others your, your craft. And then that will continue what the playwrights and what the composers and all of these wonderful people that have come before you, you need to pass that on to the next generation or it's not going to last. And how can we do it without teachers and people that have that desire to serve the, the human race. And that's what it's about, is sharing that. I love that at the Shakespeare Festival, they have uh, the Shakespeare competition every year. And one year, uh, we were up there, and uh, we were in a round, and you were judging the round. And uh, we had uh, a young girl who was scared to death to do her monologue. And she was about, was she about 13? Yeah, she was in that awkward age yeah. where she hadn't come into her own so yet. So scared, so scared. And and I, it was a scary. There was a lot of kids in the room with her during this competition. And what they had to do was deliver a monologue, I believe, to the mm-hmm. judge. And then they would get feedback from the judge. And then they would go on to the next round and the next round. Well, she couldn't get through her monologue, which is, you know, and, and she became very scared. And she sat down and didn't, didn't even get through it, didn't even start it. And uh, you were the judge at the time. And you brought her back to the back of the room after it was all over. And said, okay, now will you just speak the words to me? And she did. And I sat right next to her while she did this. And it was the most beautiful Shakespeare I'd ever heard. And she just spoke those words to you. 
And that took a teacher. That took a teacher to teach her that, that it wasn't about the performance and being big. And it was about hearing and feeling. And she was so appreciative after that. And she knew she could continue doing this because somebody believed in her. And that's what art is. It's the passion and teaching that to another generation so that they can pass it on to another generation. Because how else, you know, was Shakespeare works passed on? The teachers, someone had to teach those people how to act, right? And right. and how to how to do the lights and how to do the costumes and how to build the sets. And that's what the purpose is of being a teacher. I've always enjoyed old TV shows. <laughs> and one that I watched a few times that I did enjoy, but it was something called Dharma and Greg. Ah. I don't know if you remember that oh, show. Oh, I barely remember that one. But it was kind of, Greg was <laughs> this... Uh, stereotypical, uptight, conservative, Mm -hmm. uh, was just his character. And then Dharma was your stereotypical uh, hippie, liberal, and these are all stereotypes that they were Mm -hmm. playing. But it was about their marriage, and they loved each other desperately, (laughs) but they had such a different way of looking at things. And I remember there's one episode in particular where Dharma found a violin, (laughs) and her parents were there, and her parents were very, very... Take the 1960s and times it by about 90, mm-hmm. uh, the, the stereotypes of the 1960s. And she picked up the violin and she just started scratching <laughs> at this, just pulling yeah. the bow across the strings. And it was grating. And you could see Greg just having a terrible time. Mm-hmm. But then you looked at her parents, and this was actually a very serious moment on the show, where they looked at Greg and said, what's the matter? And he said, well, you can hear it, can't you? And they said, yes, and it's beautiful. She's making her music. <laughs> and I thought, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was just a moment that yeah. stuck out to me. Yes, she's making her music, yes, yes. And I, I think, you know, when you see other people doing what they love, there is that, it, it makes everybody happy. You know, they're depressed people, really, seriously. We just, we put too many walls around ourselves and we don't get anywhere. You know, so it's it's great to see people doing what they love. Well, and I think it, arts are not limited to just the arts that we know, mm-hmm. the music and the theater and the painting and such. I'd like to propose what you just said about how it makes everybody happy to see someone love it mm-hmm. is as difficult as this is for me to say, mm-hmm. there are people who are just as passionate about math. Yes. <laughs> there are, passionate about anything. Yes. And how cool when you see them get to explain what they do. Yeah, yeah. And again, I bring back, that's a great teacher. They can teach you. I remember I had a geometry teacher that actually made, I hate math. I hate it. I've hated it my whole life. But I, I remember her. She was fantastic and she inspired me. I just, I could not wait to go to class and be taught by her because it was so, she loved it and she would make us all excited to do a problem. And I, and I, and I think part of my teaching that I've done is that's how I am with my students too, is, or I used to be when I was teaching voice that it was I loved getting them excited about what they were doing and when, you know, when they would hit a right note or when they would do it correctly and that, that happiness that was on the pure joy on their face. They're like, I did that, you know, and that's, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. And teachers don't necessarily have to be in a school setting. No. And it also doesn't have to do with age is something I found. I have made some very, very good friends who I have learned from, who some are older than me, but actually some are younger as well. And I've had some tremendous colleagues. I actually have a lot of respect for dual artists, I guess would be the way to put it. 
artists that aren't just passionate about their art, but they're also passionate in the same way about mm -hmm. teaching. Yeah. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Varlo Davenport, that we yeah. both know yeah. extremely well, and I owe him a lot. Yeah. He was my mentor when yeah. I came here to DSU. I had never taught before, so I was like, yeah, I'm teaching, woo! Yeah. And he was both a teacher and an a actor, yeah. and, and he was a mentor to me. Yeah. And He's actually, he's no longer here at Dixie mm -hmm. State University, but he is teaching up north yeah. at the, I believe it's the Salt Lake Academy for the Performing mm -hmm. Arts. And he took, yeah. And yeah, it, they're, they're he, doing well. He's been doing extremely well. Yeah. And not only him, but also Jan and Andy Hunsaker. Yeah. Richard Hill. They, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're these great teacher names out there. And yep. what I admire about them is, yes, they will brag on Facebook. They will say, hey, I'm doing this show or come see me in this show. But they brag even more. About their students. About their students. <laughs> yeah. And they get so excited. Yeah. They say, I can't believe my student did this, or I can't yeah. believe how wonderful yeah. they were, or I feel so badly for my students who are yeah. feeling down because they didn't win the medal yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I just think it's great to see them love watching their students love it that yeah. much. Yeah. That's what, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have nothing more to say. No, okay. <laughs> I always have more to say. Yeah. So there's just so much more to say. <laughs> gotcha. And that's it. So you don't coach anymore, coach vocally? Oh, I don't. Uh, I When I started going back to school and then I started getting some acting contracts, I didn't have time anymore. And, uh, you know, and, and acting contracts are, they can be short or they can be long. You always pray for the long ones because it's more money. But the shorter contracts, you know, um, are just as good. I mean, it's good money. But I didn't, I didn't have the time. You know, I devote myself to the show that I was doing. And, and recently, you know, I, I don't think people are aware that even out at Kayenta, uh, we've got professional actors working out there, the equity actors coming out there, and I've learned so much working with them. And uh, I just decided I couldn't give the time that I used to give to my vocal students. So I, I you know, took a break from it and took time off. And But, you know, what I loved, though, is recommending them to other vocal teachers in our area because we have so many good vocal coaches now in St. George and Hurricane and Ivan's and Santa Clara. I mean, there are so many wonderful people that teach voice now. And back when I was first moved here back in 1991, there was no, you know, there's maybe one teacher that I knew of. And even that, you know, it, you still went up to Salt Lake to get training or Vegas. So now we have such great talented people. And that's the one thing about this show also that I want to brag about is we love that when artists celebrate other artists and encourage other artists to work and you know, I always say, tell my, always tell my students that a good vocal coach will always talk highly of others, and and it kind of shows character. And that's, I think, for the majority of people in St. George, they do that. They uplift each other, and we don't all teach the same. There isn't not one correct way. I mean, there's a correct way to sing. I'll, I'll stand by that. But <laughs> but the uh, but there is not one way to get through a student. There's many ways to get through a student, and so I I love that. You know. Ken Peterson's also a teacher here that is wonderful. Um, he coached me for a while. Bob Briggs, who used to be here at Dixie State University, he influenced me. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, it, it, I don't vocal coach anymore, but I, but I did for many years. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners for being a part of are On we the Arts. Time? We are out we of time. We made it. We made it. And announce who's going to be on Thursday, though. Come on Thursday to hear yeah. two of our, our very fun guests we've yes. had before, Dr. Kawhi Yu and yes. Dr. Nancy Allred, yeah. with some music. And that'll be our final show of season three. Yes. But we look forward to continuing on. And we hope until you yes. hear from us again, you keep your focus on the arts. Bye. 
You've been listening to On the Arts with Michael and Christina.